Well, chances are your definition of love is incomplete. Now, I know that's a bold statement, but if you're like most people, what you think about love has probably been influenced by movies, by what you see on TV, by the songs that are sung. That's what makes those songs so popular. That's what makes the movies such blockbuster hits. On top of that, many of you may have grown up in an environment where you don't feel like real love was demonstrated or modeled very well for your life. So what is real love and how do I begin living it out in my life? Well, that's what we're going to talk about in today's Full Life Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the Full Life Podcast by Grace Church, where we hope to inspire, challenge, and clarify your next steps in faith. I'm David Lawson, and today we're kicking off a new summer series of conversations about how to exchange the life you have for the life you want. You know, chances are you want to live a happy and productive life just like everybody else, but if you're like most people, you might be your own worst enemy. How do you make the changes that you want? How, in fact, do you exchange the life you have for the life that you want? Well, that's what this series is all about. And over the next nine episodes, we're going to be looking at nine character qualities that will transform your life and your relationships. And today, we're going to talk about the power of love. And joining uh, with me today is Pastor Randy Muma, worship pastor here at Grace Church. Welcome, Randy. Good to have you with us. Thank you, David. Good to be here. You know, Randy, I think part of the problem when we're talking about this subject of love is how we use the word love. Like we use it all the time for just about everything. Everything. I love pizza. I love hamburgers. I love my wife. I love my dog. You know. Yeah. And on top of that, if you in in our culture, uh, there are all kinds of references to love in in our TV shows, in the movies, uh, in the songs that we sing or that we listen to. There's just these love is just used for just about everything. And uh, when we use it that way, it kind of loses its potency. You know after a while. And the, the message that we consistently get, I think, maybe you agree with this, the message that we get with this is that love is a feeling. And when love is a feeling, then it's dictated by my circumstances. And when it's dictated by my circumstances, if I'm having a bad day or somebody says something bad about me or something I don't like that they say, then I kind of fall out of love. I don't, I don't like it anymore. If somebody uh, puts anchovies on my pizza, I don't like pizza anymore, you know, that kind of thing. And so if, if it doesn't feel right, then I'm not going to love. And I think the bottom line that we're going to be drilling in on today with this particular character quality is that love is more than what I feel. It's more about what I do. And so the question is, how do I experience a love that doesn't fade? I think that's what we really want to drive after today. Uh, how can you have a love that has a firm foundation rather than one that kind of falls to our feelings? And so let's start with a little bit of a, a word picture maybe that the Apostle Paul gives to us about love. He, really, he talks about dressing up in love. He talks about love like it's a piece of clothing or something. I love those words in Colossians 3. He says that we should bear with each other and forgive one another. And if anyone has a grievance against one another, forgive just as Christ forgave you. I love how Paul refers to love as something we wear, something we make the choice to put on. 
See, Dave, I have this favorite hooded sweatshirt that I wear out to work, all right? So it's like ancient, and the front pocket is ripped out. My wife hates it. But you know, it's a choice that I, that I put on that old sweatshirt. When I go out with my wife, I do not wear that. It's a choice I make to put on a nicer shirt. But it's the same way with love. We decide whether we're going to put that on or put something else on. Such a valuable, important choice we make. Yeah, I, I like that imagery because of the choice aspect. It's like when I'm looking through my closet, I'm deciding what it is I'm going to wear. When I wake up in the morning, I have a lot of options about what I can put on. And they're all good. You look good in them all day. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Except for the ones that are labeled bad day, bad attitude. You know, those, those aren't good options. And so uh, I have an option. You know, am I, if I, am I going to wake up on the wrong side of the bed and am I going to, am I going to dress with that? Or am I going to make the choice to dress in love? Am I going to choose that character quality for myself? But there's this other, this other description of love that I want us to talk about too. Not only something I wear, and I love that image, but there's also this countercultural, non-conventional wisdom uh, viewpoint of love that the Apostle John talks about. And what he emphasizes is that love isn't, he doesn't emphasize the feeling part of love as much as he emphasizes the action part of love. And basically what he's saying is, love is something that I practice. It's not just something I put on, but it's also something I practice. Yeah, love those words in 1 John three eighteen, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. This is such a great reminder that love is so much more than an emotion. You know, love, it's an act of our will. You know, there are many days I don't feel like loving people, but I do because it's more than an emotion. It's the way I treat people, the way I speak, the way I inter- interact with them. It's so key. Yeah, and, that, and love is really something we're commanded to do as followers of Jesus Christ. And uh, I remember a story, um, when it, this actually happened to me. Uh, there, was, there was a man uh, who came up to me and he said, um, it wasn't out of context, we had a, we had a relationship, but he said, uh, Dave, I, I don't like you but I am commanded to love you. No. <laughs> it really, it really kind of caught me off guard. I, thought, I don't know where this is going. I don't know. If, I'm sure I don't like this. I'm not really sure if I should love it though or not. It wasn't me, was it? it? Wasn't, no, it wasn't okay. you. It wasn't you. But um, so we went out to lunch and he took me to lunch and we had this lunch. And actually what happened was what Blossom was just a really good relationship and a good, good. friendship. But, you know, he made this hard distinction between like and love. And uh, he was practicing love <laughs> even when the like was telling him not to. But it developed into something that was really good and robust. Now, I don't, I don't recommend that for anybody, but it, it's, a good, it's a good reminder that there is this distinction be doing something I like and something I love, because you just mentioned that you know there are times when you don't feel like uh, loving. It might be not be it might not be something you like, but you do have to love, right? Yeah. So that's a little bit. I mean, there's more that the scripture has to say about the definition of love, but I think those are really two key points that I have to make a choice. It's something that I put on, and it's something that I practice. So that's a little bit about the definition of love. But let's talk a little bit about how to love. I think that's kind of where the rubber meets mm-hmm. the road. Um, what is it that stands out in what God describes to us about how to love, the instructions he gives us that kind of stand out to you? Hmm. You know, the first thing is, I think we need to accept God's love for us. Those great words in 1 John four nineteen: we love because he first loved us. Yeah. He set the example And for us to just follow in his footsteps, the only way to live life. Yeah, a little bit earlier in there, as a matter of fact, in in verse 10, 
he says, and this is love. Mm. Not that we love God. Yes. But and if I can insert this, but the remarkable thing is that God loved us and he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Yeah. And so the love and, and really the passage that we're talking about here where these character qualities are mentioned, they're described as the fruit of the spirit. There's something that are that's born out in our lives as a result of having this relationship with God in our lives. And so the presence of the Holy Spirit who lives within us is the one who's producing these qualities. And so we do have to accept God's love for us first. If we have any hope at all of genuinely loving in, in the way that is going to transform our life, the exchange that we're looking for in our life, then we're going to have to accept yeah. God's love yeah. first yeah. for us. Yeah. Wow. And I love how we can follow God's example. I mean, God showed us what love is. I love those words in Romans 5 where he says that at the right time, while we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will someone die for a good person, though possibly for a righteous person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I love that verse. God didn't wait for us to get our act together, to get cleaned up and looking good. He died for us the way we were. Thankful for that. Yeah, and um, when, we, when we talk about this demonstration side of things, he, giving us an example to follow. So like if we ever want to know, you know, I wonder what lo love looks like in this situation. If we would be willing to, you know, maybe even just read the Gospels, mm. the, the story of the, you know, the life and the times of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and see how he responded in those situations. He's, he's, he's demonstrating what that love looks like for us, and yeah. we, can, we can follow after that. It's just a good example. Can you imagine following him around and just watching that? I mean, the lady caught in adultery, you know, everybody there, they're getting ready to pick up stones and kill her. And Jesus like, not so fast. Yeah, yeah. Neither do I condemn you. Go, don't sin anymore. Yeah. And when the scripture describes God as love, Jesus is love. He was full of grace and truth. He was full of love. Um, those are, those are, those give us confidence that when we accept God's love for us, God isn't dwelling in us, that that character quality of who God is is going to be expressed in our lives is going to be demonstrated in our lives. Well, there's this huge passage uh, that almost probably, if you've been to a wedding, if you've been to a Christian <laughs> wedding anyway, uh, you've, you've heard this passage. It's 1 Corinthians 13. It even has the label, the love chapter. The love chapter, chapter right? yeah. <laughs> and so, but it's really a, a, a very profound chapter. There are, just in a very few verses, there's this really strong and powerful how-to about love. Not just a description of love, but a how-to mm, about mm. love. So why don't you walk us uh, through that passage a little bit, and uh, we can describe a little bit what, what we're learning about how to go about loving someone else. A love that really lasts and has a strong foundation. Well, the first one is love is patient. <laughs> how are you doing with that, Dave? Well, I'll tell you, that's, that's a tough one, isn't it? And he's right off the bat, he starts with that, and it's like... Uh, if I want to up my love game, so to speak, mm. if I just am patient with people, it'll make a huge difference. It's, it's an act of love. If, if, how, do, how do I love? Be patient. That's one of the things he starts off with. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good luck with that. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> I guess that's why we're doing this podcast, that's right? right? That's right. <laughs> but then it goes on. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. 
It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered and keeps no record of wrongs. You know, when I, that list screams others-oriented. If, if I want to be a person who loves, I have to be focused on other people. I can't be self-loving. I have to be others-loving. Of course, Jesus said that if we get that part, uh, we're getting a lot of what God's trying to communicate because he was asked, you know, what is it that God is asking of me? He said, well, here's the greatest commandment, to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. That is God and others focus. If I want to really up my love game, if I want to get better at loving people and being a loving person, then I'm going to get my focus off myself and get it on other people, right? Well, yeah. It's funny, I can't think about this passage without thinking about my wedding. My wife and I had the clever idea that we were going to recite this to one another. And we got to the middle and we got stuck on love is not rude. And I said it, she said, I said it back. <laughs> I think Pastor Bob may have had to help us. <laughs> but it does go on. It says, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth, always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Yeah, there, are, there, there are three thoughts that come to my mind in that list. It's a remarkable list. But what I like about it is love is sympathetic mm. because it protects other people. It's like I'm, I'm seeking understanding. I'm not going to get hot-headed about this. I'm going to seek some understanding. I'm going to protect them, in, uh, so to speak. I'm going to live kind of an understanding way with them. It's forgiving. This, and it said even, even stronger than that, I think. The word forgiveness is a strong word, but keeps no record of wrong, meaning I'm not going to hold it against this person anymore. What a way, great way to go through life, isn't it? Yeah, it, it can be so freeing. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, someone has said that uh, when you don't forgive somebody, it's like drinking poison expecting the other person to die, you know, and that's what unforgiveness, it eats us up. It doesn't eat the other person up as much. Yeah. So it keeps no record. In other words, I'm not going to hold it against this person anymore. I'm not going to make it the basis for my relationship. I'm going to let it go. And then it expects the best, always hopes, always perseveres. Love those words because uh, it gives the benefit of the doubt. And I think that's one thing that, you know, someone, um, I, I learned from somebody who said this. He said, don't judge my life by the Polaroids. It's kind of like the paparazzi picture. You can always get a bad shot of somebody, right? Don't judge my life by the Polaroid. Uh, judge it by the movie. And I thought that was such good advice and what kind of what the Apostle Paul is saying here, expect the best. Don't judge it based on a snapshot. If there becomes a consistent pattern, then maybe there needs to be a conversation that needs to be had. But on the other hand, expect the best. You know, we're imperfect. We're going to be people who are going to be making mistakes. And we want other people to expect the best from us. Too, Absolutely. Right? That is great advice. Yeah. So we always believe there's a next step. Um, we've, we've covered a lot of ground in a short period of time here. But uh, we always believe there's a next step for us if we want to make progress in something. When we're exposed to the truth of God, we believe there's a next step that we need to be taking. If you were to give us some advice on some next steps, what, what would you challenge us to do? Well, I think the first part of that is just doing an inventory. Who are those people in my life that I need to love? I need to step up my love game. I love how you put that. But just And not just waiting for that person to come to me, but being proactive and going after that. I think it's a great place to start. Well, that's start. what God did for us. He demonstrates his love for us. And while we were yet sinners, he didn't wait for us to clean up our life. He took the first step. He took the initiative. Yeah. Had all the reason in the world not to love us. Yeah. 
but he did, and he took that, that action step. That's, that's some good advice. Yeah, who is that person that I need to take the next step toward? Good. Thankfully, my wife is like that. She loves me when I'm unlovely and when I wear my old beat-up sweatshirt, you know? <laughs> and also, I think that passage we read from 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 to 7, what a great verse to have on your refrigerator. You know, post those up there, just a reminder of all those things about being patient and kind. You know, either to read it every day for a week, maybe to memorize those verses, at least to put it on your fridge so when you're getting that cookies and milk at 2 a.m., you can check it out. Yeah, there's, there are, it's a good way to start your day. There are worse days to start your day than the reading through that list and, and making the choice to put it on. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm not just put, I'm putting on the attribute, I'm putting on the how-to, I'm putting on how I'm going to go about that. I'm making a decision today, this is how. I'm going to be, be living my life. Amen. Anything else you want to pass on? I'm super happy, Dave. Super happy. Okay, good. Well, we trust that our time together has been helpful for you, and I'm glad that you are able to join with us today. And in the same way, we trust that your faith has been strengthened and that you are better prepared for your own personal faith journey. Remember that Jesus came, that we might have life, and that we might have it to the full. And my prayer for you, and I'm sure Randy's prayer for you, is that you would pursue the full life that God has for you. And if you don't have a church home, uh, come join us in person or online. You can find out about our service times and our location at our website, worcestergrace.org. That's W-O-O-S-T-E-R, grace.org.